You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoy our message today. Today's message comes to us from our senior high and young adults pastor, Pastor Stefan. Have a listen. Let's jump right in to the word of God this morning. Sound like a plan? Yeah, that's right. Let's go. We're going to go into the book of Mark, Mark chapter 4. Pardon? Yeah, let's play like that. It sounds better. It sounds just like you know this. I told you this was coming. Mark chapter 4, we are in verse 35 to 41, and it says this right here. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let me read that again. Who is this man, they asked each other, that even the wind and the waves obey him. I thought y'all would have started shouting at that last line, even the wind and the waves obey him. This morning I want to talk for a little bit of time. We're not done yet. Don't worry. Just keep going. Talk for a little bit of time, utilizing as uh, as a title, who is this man? Now, if you're under the age of like 21, the title is different for you. It's whose man's is this? But there's only a few of you here who understand that, but you got it. I see you. Don't worry, T. I see you. Uh, Who is this man? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, who is this man? Look at your other neighbor and say, yo, other neighbor, who is this man? That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, you're still, it's still going. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you're done. Thank you. I appreciate it. It just sounds better when there's like a little keyboard in the background. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, listen, uh, I am super excited uh, to, to bring you the word this morning. It's always, it's always fun for me uh, when I get to this point. The lead up to it is always just like, I'm just like, God, what do you want me to say? Because I am so afraid of saying the wrong thing. Um, from the Bible. Like, in general, like, I say the wrong thing all the time, but I want to make sure that you hear what God has for you. And so I'm, I'm humbled that God actually allows me to preach his word, uh, and I'm humbled that Pastor Jeff allows me to speak. Uh, so uh, that's my way of honoring him, even though he's not here. Uh, but he is joining us later today. He's coming back from Florida. I hope he's not wearing shorts and a t-shirt on the plane, because when he gets off, that might suck. Um uh, uh, just hope she should have packed a parka. Uh, and we thank God for the snow. Amen. amen. Not everybody said amen. Uh, yep. Some of y'all were, you know, listen, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. We thank God for the snow. Amen. amen. 
<laughs> I heard nobody on that side. <laughs> uh, nobody over here was like, I, I'm happy for the snow. I am not happy for the snow, but I thank God that I'm able to be above ground to enjoy it. Yeah, now when you think about it that way, are you happy for the snow? Amen. 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 There are times in our life where we go through some trials, some tribulations, some stuff might occur. You know, times where it really feels rough. Some of you probably experienced that earlier this week when you were driving in the snow. And you were like, God, I really just need to get home through this. It is early in November. Why is there snow here? Why is it snowing? Why do I have to go shovel? Why is this plow in my way? Why does that guy in the 4x4 think that just because he's in a truck, he can do 100 miles per hour, 100 kilometers per hour in the snow? Doesn't he know that it's not going to work? There are times in our lives where we question everything that is going on. No, there are times where we don't know where up is, where down is. Everything feels helter-skelter. Everything just oh, I don't know if I'm going to get through it. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'm going to do this. Sort of reminds me of when the Avengers were trying to fight Thanos and they weren't too fully sure if they were going to be able to do it. That was a tough time. I like to pretend I'm a superhero sometimes. For those of you guys who haven't heard me, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm a superhero. I'm not, but I like to think. Our passage this morning, we find ourselves on a boat with Jesus and his disciples. And in your note, I've given you the address of where it's located, Mark, but it's also recorded in Matthew's gospel. I believe it's Matthew chapter 8. And in Luke's gospel as well, it is there. Uh, and you'll often find these, this with some of the stories in the gospels, is that they've all recorded it. The synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is off on his own sort of thing. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, They are synoptic. They sort of parallel each other. They tell us different things about Jesus. They reveal a different, uh, just a different side of Jesus. And so in Mark 4, we find Jesus uh, after he's finished a day of ministry to the large crowds. And he was he was tired. I can understand that sometimes. You know, just you know, some Sundays after I've preached, or some Friday nights after I've preached for like an like, you know, it's been like 25 minutes, I will sit down and just like, I am spent. After 25 minutes of preaching the word, I don't know how tired, I know how tired Jesus might have been. Like, I'm just, you know, thinking of myself for a minute, being kind of selfish. Jesus must have been really tired because he spent the entire day preaching and teaching to the large crowds. And it sort of pointed something out to me as I was reading this text, and maybe you'll see it as well. That that there in itself just sort of reveals Jesus' God status and his human status. You see, he, he was God in, in the fact that he could do so many things and in, in the fact that he had full revelation of the Father, but he was man enough that he needed to take a nap. Isn't that interesting? And so we find Jesus here in his early ministry, still displaying himself as God, come to the form, come to earth in the form of a man. And Jesus wants to get away from the crowds. And so he says to the disciples, let's go to the other side of Galilee. Let's go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, I've never been to Israel yet. Uh, I'm looking for a 2020 birthday present. So, um, 
not given any hints to anybody. I'm not looking at you, Jamie. I know, I know, um, I know you're, yeah, I love you. Um, never been to Israel. But as I was reading and just sort of learning about the Sea of Galilee, I, I realized something. I learned something that the Sea of Galilee is highly susceptible to violent storms because of where it's located, because of its geography. You know, the, and, and I, I'm reading this, and Jesus has disciples, right? Follow me here for a second. Jesus has disciples. And some of them used to be what? They used to be fishermen. And so Jesus has experienced fishermen on his boat. So wouldn't they, for a moment, know exactly what is going to happen when they're on the Sea of Galilee? I want you to keep that in the back of your head for a second. Jesus is on a boat with experienced fishermen. He's there with people who have been on the sea multiple times. So if there's anybody who would be able to handle the waters, it would have been people who spent a lot of time in the water. No, does that not make sense to you? Makes sense to me. Bible tells us that the winds pick up and the waves were getting into the boat. The waters were getting into the boat. Now, I'm going to give you a little personal disclosure here. I do not go on water. Uh, I, don't, I don't swim. I don't go to the lake. I shower, though. I'm just making it very clear. That's the water I like, where it comes down and you can set the temperature. Uh, I do not do water. And so as I'm reading this passage, I have a tendency sometimes when I'm reading the Bible to go into the text itself and picture myself in the story. And I think to myself, first and foremost, if I were a disciple, I probably wouldn't be a good one because I wouldn't even get in the boat because I don't do water. All right, you can make fun of me all you want. You can call me a fraidy cat. That is me. I don't do water. I don't swim. I don't want to drown. And if I were in this story and I decided to get in the boat, I would be freaking out. Because the winds, I told you guys last time, I was afraid of thunderstorms as a kid. And so here I'm, oh, the water, the winds are picking up and it is getting windy. It is getting stormy and water is getting in to the boat. And if you are in, if you are me and you are in the boat, that is your one place of safety from the water. And when water gets in the boat, I am going to die. Because water is getting into the boat and I can't swim. And so water is getting into the boat. I would be the first one yelling, Jesus, where are you? Help me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. I mean, save us, Jesus. Save all of us, Jesus, on the boat. I would have been the first one to get my life jacket on. I would have had my water wings. I would have had everything. And I would have been ready to swim. Even though I know I can't swim, I'd be ready to float. I would try to find a raft and be like, I'm going to save myself. The rest of y'all, take care of yourselves. I'm saving me. Because this storm is now on another level. This is serious business here. Luke writes in his gospel that they are in real danger. And I, if nobody, not me, I wouldn't even go near the Sea of Galilee. Knowing that there's a potential for storms, nobody. I'm not even there. Jesus, I'm going to walk around. It might take me a few weeks, but I'm gonna, I'll see you on the other side. Uh, I, ain't, I ain't doing that water business. Remember, the disciples, they, they've probably been on the sea a million times. And so I assume that they were probably, you know, 
taking the, I don't know what you do when water gets on a boat uh, because, I, again, I don't do water. So I assume they were, like, trying to throw, like, water out. They had, like, buckets or something. I don't know. Uh, but they probably were doing everything that they could have done. But the storm is so powerful that even experienced fishermen are afraid. The storm is so deadly that they are afraid. How about in your life, does it ever feel sometimes that there is a storm that is so powerful that you have no idea what to do? And no matter what you do, it feels like it's getting stronger and stronger and more fierce in your life. Because sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I feel like, God, I can't do this. God, I really can't do this. God, I need you. I really, really can't do this. God, I'm going to die. I can't do this. Please. And, and I, don't, I know that we, you know, we think that we're in control. We think we have it together. But sometimes when a storm gets really fierce, we lose all control of our emotions, of ourselves. And this is the place where the disciples are at with this storm. It is out of control. There's nothing they can do. But Jesus, where is Jesus? Jesus, hold on. Jesus is sleeping. With his head on a cushion. This don't look very Messiah-like to me. He's out cold. Jesus is one of those deep sleeps. One of those good sleeps. You mean to tell me that there is a storm. The disciples are freaking out. We are going crazy. And Jesus, Jesus is in the back sleeping on a pillow. He's cold. He's out dreaming. Something doesn't add up here. We have this storm, the storm of a century. This is Twister. This is Hurricane Katrina. This is every storm ever in one storm. This is very violent. It's crazy. It's out of control. And Jesus is out sleeping. Now, for a moment, I, I, I was thinking, okay, this is my brain, sorry. Jesus is sleeping. He's probably snoring, you know, I mean, he's comfortable. He's in a good sleep. But when we look back in, verse, in the first verse, the idea to cross the sea was his idea. And he's sleeping in the storm. That tells me that Jesus probably knew that this storm was going to come. That tells me that Jesus had an idea about what was coming that night, that evening. Because, after all, he is God as well. And he knows the beginning from the end. And he knew this was going to happen because God knows your storm before you do. He knows your storm before you do. Before you even have an inkling of what's about to happen, God has that already. He knows it already. And so 
what do we do with that? If God knows the storm before I know, what, what am I supposed to do with that, Pastor Stefan? Glad you asked that question. That's what I'm talking about. That's that feedback I always talk about uh, before I preach. Let me tell you how we take that in. Know that God has a plan for you. Because he's not going to lead you into a storm if he doesn't have a plan for you. Jesus led his disciples to that point. Deuteronomy 31, uh, verse 6, it should be on the screen. It says this, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. We take that verse out of the Old Testament where God is leading the Israelites, leading them to a war, leading them to a place where they might be afraid. But when you find yourself in a storm, be strong and courageous. I know that's easy to say, harder to do. But remember, for the Lord your God will go personally go ahead of you and he will neither fail you nor will he abandon you. And I know that sometimes in the middle of a storm, it feels like God is not there. But please don't ever forget that he is right there with you. The disciples are afraid for their lives. They're shouting at Jesus, we're going to die. And they yell at Jesus and Jesus is sleeping. And I, you know, I'm reading that and I'm thinking to myself, they really aren't just yelling just to be loud. There's a bit of distrust in their voice. And sometimes we have that same sort of distrust in our voices. We have that same sort of tone. We say, God, you don't, you don't care about me? You don't care I'm about to die? And in this moment, this storm revealed the faith of the disciples. This storm told Jesus that he had some work to do on them so that they could get a full revelation of who he is. And it's just the same with us. Sometimes a storm of life will come up in a, in a relationship or, or something, and it reveals our faith. It reveals where our trust is. And in this moment, the disciples, they had lost their trust. And isn't it just like a storm of life to replace faith with fear? Their faith had been rattled. The water was probably up to their knees or getting higher now. No longer were they about like, all right, we're going to get across the sea. We might die right here. The faith that they had before in the man who had spent all day healing and teaching people had been replaced really quickly with a lot of fear. And how quickly do we forget during times of testing all that we learned in times of teaching? When a storm arises, where is our faith? Because when a storm arises, it, it reveals our faith. But we have a God who is trustworthy. God has a plan, and we trust him. We trust in his plan, and, and we know that his plan is good. Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I know that, that storms are, are, are difficult. And when we try to understand them, we don't understand them. But when we trust in God, when we trust in the Lord with everything, we'll come out on the other side and realize that that storm was nothing for our God. 
storm was nothing for him. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, no storm is bigger than our God. You got to say it with a little bit more conviction with that than that. I mean, y'all, 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 ain't, y'all ain't sounding believable. Look at your other neighbor and say, yo, other neighbor. <laughs> no storm is bigger than my God. Got to have that head snap. My God. I mean, got to do a little lean in with it right there. No storm is bigger than my God. Jesus is now awake, all right? They have woken him up. They've been yelling at him. Jesus, you don't care. We about to die. In fact, they say teacher. They don't even call him master. They just say teacher. And if I had more, well, actually, I do got a little bit of time. I could go into that, actually. Understand that if they were calling him master, they would have recognized his lordship. But they called him teacher. They didn't give him the title of master, which he deserved, which goes back to my point that they weren't fully trusting. Because if they were fully trusting, they would have said master. And they probably wouldn't have said, master, you, do you not care that we we're going to die? They, said, they probably would have said, hey, master, there's a storm here. Uh, can you handle this? But they said, teacher, you do not care that we are about to die because they didn't have that trust. And so Jesus is like, y'all woke me up from my sleep. I was having a good rest. I probably, listen, Jesus was human. Remember this. So he probably woke up, yawned, did what, you know, some of the things you do when you wake up. And, and I believe that Jesus was like, where are we again? Oh, right, the storm. Okay, I know where we are right now. And then the Bible tells us that he walks up. And he says to the winds and the waves, be still. And I believe, again, I'm in the story. So I believe that Jesus woke up yawned, walked to the edge of the boat. Again, I've never been on a boat, so I don't know if it's the edge or whatever, all right? Starboard, is that? I don't know. Walked to the front of the boat. I was looking over. Be still. And immediately the waves and the wind stopped. Just like that. I believe Jesus just did just like that. And in this moment, Jesus brings a revelation to the disciples. In a moment of a storm, he'll bring fresh revelation of who God is. See, this is God personified in Jesus here. Jesus is God in the flesh. The same God who walked with Abraham. The same God who parted the Red Sea. The same God who made the walls of Jericho fall down. He's the same God that is standing in this boat. He is in total control. When we are walking in a storm, God is in control. Jesus is revealing his God status. He is more powerful than Thor. He can do greater things than Odin. He is greater than Thanos because Jesus has power over everything. The words that he speaks aren't just be calm. The words that he speaks aren't just be still. In fact, when you read this in the Greek, the words that he uses really translate into silence. What he's really saying, and listen, I have a big mouth, as we've probably discussed a few times before, and there have been a lot of times where my parents may have had to say, be quiet, maybe a lot harsher, maybe a lot nicer. I'm not going to expose them because I love them, and they're sitting right there. Uh, But silence... And what's very interesting about this 
is that if you read in Mark chapter 1, verse 25, when Jesus is in Capernaum and he casts out a demon out of a man, he uses the exact same words in the Greek when the demon tries to speak. He says, silence, because God in Jesus has control over the supernatural and the control over the natural, and he is displaying that on full display here in this passage. So let me tell you something this morning. When he tells a demon to be quiet, when he tells the winds and the waves to be quiet, he can tell the storms of your life to be quiet too. Because God is in control. Jesus is revealing himself to have all that authority. He is in control. He has got this. And sometimes we tend to lose that fact. That God is in control. He was in control when the waves were nice. He was in control when everything was smooth. When the, winds were, well, the waves were just looking so beautiful. And he's in control when they're stormy. And the best part is, when the winds are stormy or when they're calm, he is still the same. He is still God. He is still in control. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we often like to think that we are in control. And as humans, we love the idea of being in control. But let me serve notice to somebody. God is in control and we are not. When storms arise, remember that God is in control and he reveals himself and he reveals that he is in control. God is on our side. Last week, Pastor Lori told us that God is fighting for us. I'm here to tell you that God is on our side. When we accept Jesus, we have the heavenly army on our side. And you don't go through a test before you get some teaching. And God has been teaching some of us to trust in him, to trust in his word. And when a test comes, sometimes we aren't ready because it's not that you are, sorry, when, when a test comes sometimes, it might seem like we're not ready, but let me tell you something, you are actually ready because God has been teaching you. You don't even notice it sometimes, but maybe it's that person that you work with that you don't like, and you've been putting up with them, and you've got patience, and God's building your patience, and saying, listen, it's coming, don't worry, that, that test is coming, but you've been passing every stage of the learning plan, and you're getting smarter, and you're getting a little bit better, and your patience level is growing, and I'm bringing a storm where it's going to test your patience, but don't worry about it because I've got it, and you have been through enough that you know that I'm in control, and you are able to walk through it. God never brings a test to you without, a, without you going through some teaching. When a storm comes, we can rest knowing that, that we have a good, good father. Oh, it may get fierce. It may feel like you can't do anything. But just hold on, because God is in control. Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, it says this, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready in times of trouble. God is our refuge and strength, always ready in times of trouble. But let me read verses two and three to you. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. I love when David writes that because he knows that God is our refuge. And so he's saying to all these things in nature, do what you want to do because my God is bigger than anything than you can do. You never know how strong your anchor is until it gets used. You never know how strong an anchor is until it gets used, and God is our anchor. 
and that God will allow you to walk into a test, will allow you to walk into a storm, but he is our anchor. When he is your anchor, no matter the storm, no matter how strong it is, it is stronger than any storm. So put your trust, put your hope in that this morning. This little girl, she was on a, on a plane. Or this guy was on a plane, sorry. And it was a really good plane ride, but it was about to get bumpy. The voice of the captain interrupted in-flight beverage service and asked passengers to make sure that their seatbelts were fastened. Soon the plane, it began to roll and pitch, and I might scare some of you from actually going on another airplane again, I'm sorry. But it, it began to get a little violent. While the rest of the passengers were doing their best to deal with the turbulence, deal with everything that was going on, there's a little girl just at the back, just reading her book. And so this guy, after the plane had landed, he goes up to her and says, how are you able to stay so calm? She responded and she said, the reason I'm able to stay so calm is because my dad is the pilot. And he said he's taking me home. You see, we have a great pilot. You see, Jesus said to the disciples, we're going to the other side. We are crossing the Sea of Galilee. And if he said it, it will happen. No matter the storm, no matter what may come up, Jesus' words supersede everything. He said to the disciples, let us. He didn't say, all right, I'm going to cross. You guys are going to die here. He said, let us us. You are coming with me to the other side, so let's go. And the disciples forgot that point right there, that they were in the boat with the Messiah. But I came here to tell you this morning that there is a God who is taking you somewhere. So when storms come, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be dismayed because he said, I am walking with you. I am going to be with you. And you can go through the storm no matter what comes your way. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He never fails. He has a plan and he is in control. Worship team, you can join me on stage. I love reading that story. Not only does he have a plan not only is he in control, but lastly, don't forget, storms don't last forever. Storms don't last forever. I love how Jesus displays his, his power. And I love how the disciples respond. Who is this man? Who is this man? Man, that even the wind and the waves obey him. They were in amazement. Maybe you're in a storm this morning. Maybe something's causing you some anxiety. Let me introduce you to this man. His name is Jesus. Maybe for you it's a physical storm. Maybe it's a, a relationship. Maybe a sickness. Maybe there's a storm going on and feels like the water that's in your boat is rising. But let me tell you right now, this man, Jesus, is the way forward. This man, 
Jesus will grab hold of you. This man, Jesus, will speak to the winds and the waves and they will obey him. Under his command is everything. I was driving, driving along uh, Stovall Road last year, uh, say August or September. Actually, it was September. It was uh, just a rough summer. Felt like I was in a storm. Asking God, God, why, why, why? So excited, we're going to have a baby. That didn't work out the way I wanted, we want. God, why? Felt like everything was just going topsy-turvy. I heard God's voice super loud, super clear. I said, I've got this. I said, okay. That was in August. And I remember on a Thursday in September, still feeling the same way. I remember being at work being just there. You know when you're somewhere, but you're not really there, but you're there and here, but everything up here is going crazy. To make a long story short, found myself in the emergency room at Scarborough General Hospital. Crazy vertigo, which is not fun. And sitting there, saying, God, this is not getting any better. Sitting there saying, God, I really need you now. Heard God's voice saying, I got you. Cool. And I remember going through the fall. I remember going through our fall and and launching our youth year and, and launching young adults and just sort of being on autopilot. Just there, trying my best, but everything up here is going crazy. I remember praying again, God, what is happening? I need, I need you, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? What have I done? And again, in just the quietest voice, I've got you. we go through things and God says I've got you but, but when you're able to come out of them and look back you realize he did have me you realize that what he said was true and here's how that works for us today you see the people that are sitting right beside you God's put them there for a reason 
The people that are in your small groups, you're in there for a reason. Because as followers of God, we're here to be Jesus to people. What does that look like in our lives and our day-to-day? Hey, I've got you. I'm here for you. Let's pray. Notice that the disciples were not alone. They were all together. There's a community of believers there. Which tells me that when we go through storms, we're not supposed to go through storms alone. God says, I've got you. God says, I'm going to put people around you to help you. But if that's not enough, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And oh, how we need the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we have a good, good Father. Who is this man? He is Jesus, the Savior, the Son of God, the ruler, the one who reigns supreme, and no matter the storm that comes your way, he's got it. Stand your feet with me this morning. You know storms come and go in our lives. And so this morning I would ask, if you would be so brave, actually let me change it up for a second. If, if you're here this morning and you're, you're in a storm, you've got something going on in your life, you, you just, you don't know, and you, you're, you're there, you're saying, God, I need you. Would, you. would you, honestly, would you do this for yourself? Not even for me, it's not gonna make a difference to me, but for you, would you step out of your seat and just find a place right here at the front? Just by yourself. If you're in a storm and you say, God, I, I need you to help me in this moment, God, I'm crying out to you. Would you step out of where you are and come here? And before a prayer team person prays over you, would you just kneel and and just pray to God and cry out to him by yourself? Just cry out to him and say, God, I need you. Would you declare to him who he is and cry out to him and allow him to speak to you? Before anybody prays over you, I just want you to pray to God on your own. Because he hears the cries of his people. And even when you think he's asleep, he hears you. Even when you think he isn't paying attention, he hears you. Because his ears are never closed. He's not a false God. He is an active and he is a living God. And sometimes we forget that he is all-powerful, and he is in control of everything. But right here, this morning, if you are in a storm, I want you to do it for yourself, to step out and cry out to God and call out to him like you've never cried out before. Oh, in the name of Jesus, for a relationship that is stormy, would you step out? For a sickness that is stormy, would you step out this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you've never, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You hear of the wonderful things he's done. Uh, I want to pray with you. So if that's you this morning, you've never accepted him, or, or maybe you have and, and you want to start again, you want to start afresh, that's okay. Let's, let's pray for that too. If that's you, just repeat after, my, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. I admit that I am a sinner. And I admit that you save. So be my king. Be my God. And I will follow you. And from this day onward, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information, including service times and other ministries, visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can also subscribe to our messages on your favorite podcatcher. Thanks very much and have a good week. God bless. Thank you.